0: Hi, my name's Tom Cheeks, and I'm going on a journey around the world. Why don't you join me? Over the course of these podcasts, you'll learn a lot about me. But let me tell you this for starters. I've made love in 68% of the countries on the planet. How, you ask? Well, you'll find out how, you ask, if you stick around. Now, I'm going back to learn a little bit about the place I was too busy shagging in to fully appreciate the first time round: The food, the culture, etc. And, and here's the kicker, I'm going to seek out these old flames of mine, find out what they're up to nowadays, and what they remember about that fateful night with yours truly. Finally, I'm going to give them the option to do it all over again, no cheeks attached, because I'm flying home the very next day. So, why don't you come along for the ride? Episode 3, The Place. The United States of America, the year 2009, the girls, Penny and Mary Lou Miller. Hi guys, hope you're all well. Yes, you heard that introduction correctly, girls, plural. Don't worry, we'll get to that. All in good time, my friends, all in good time. In this episode, we're stretching our wingspan ever so slightly, in that we're not just focusing on one city, but a whole country. And that's because, of all the countries I've visited over the years, America is where i spent the most of those years visiting. To put it another way, I've spent a lot of time in the US, up into LA, New York City, Vegas, two times, which was due to an admin error at JFK Airport. But now, I want to go back and see the real America, the bit the tourists don't see. But before we head stateside, it's time for If These Cheeks Could Talk This is the part of the podcast where I answer questions and queries sent in by you, the listeners. James Sandalwood from Cheddar emailed me saying, I know you, you're a twat. James, you've emailed me before and like I said then, you've got the wrong eye. Lose the email address, mate. Seriously. Terry from Hemel Hempstead emailed me with this. Tom, I love your podcast. I'm a big, big fan. Keep it up. This is more like it. He says, Yours is a refreshing show with an outlook on travel similar to mine. I listen when I drive. I listen when I drive my car. Your voice is in my car now. It's just you and I in here. I listen when I drive. Cheers, Terry. So, America, the United States, the home of John Wayne, Elvis Presley, and, after fleeing the persecution of Nazi Germany, Albert Einstein. I travelled the world for 10 years between 2001 and 2011. I arrived in the US in 2009, and my initial plan was just to stop over for a couple of days in Los Angeles before moving on, just so that I could say I'd done America. But, the moment I walked out of LAX International Airport, I knew that this wonderful country had so much more to offer me. I ended up staying for a year, although I was never in the same place for very long. The trip coincided with my reading of that great American novel, On the Road, and that's very much how it was for me in those days. I hitchhiked, rode the rails, and after quickly growing fed up with that ball lake, hired a car and drove myself. I was doing what I referred to at the time as the reverse Carawack, in that I was going from LA and ending up in New York, with a few deviations along the way. I can't remember now if Jack and the gang visit Disneyland Florida in On the Road, but at the time I felt that I just had to go down and say hello to Mickey Mouse and his goofy friends. Facts about America Capital City, Washington State Currency. The Yankee Dollar. Age of Consent. Each US state has its own age of consent. As of August the 1st 2018, the age of consent in each state in the US is either 16, 17 or 18 years of age. Check with your travel provider before you set off. I've just touched down in JFK and I'm back in America baby! Woo! And it's that smell that hits you as soon as you're off the plane. It's that smell of freedom, I suppose. The smell of the American dream, still alive and well. Of course, this luggage carousel would have been the first thing that thousands of immigrants from Europe would have seen upon arriving here, in the so-called land of opportunity. Makes the hairs on the back of one's neck. Soon I'll be leaving the tourist trails and visiting the unseen America, the real America. I'll be talking hip-hop to some of the original innovators of the genre on the Brooklyn Bridge. I'll be lending a hand at an actual working cattle ranch in Texas. Then it's back on the road up to Nevada where I'll be seeing if I can get to the bottom of the conspiracy theories surrounding the mysterious Area 51. And finally I'll be trying to reconnect with the Miller sisters in the City of Angels, New Orleans. Well, it's official, hip-hop rules the world again. Ask my grandma, or me, five years ago, and we tell you that rap music is just someone talking fast about drugs and bitches. Well, it seems high time to admit we were wrong. And although my grandma took her hatred of hip-hop to a watery grave, I've grown to have a real love and appreciation of the music. Artists such as Eminem, Dre, and Ed Sheeran featuring Eminem. Just some really good tunes. And I'm now with Doc Lane, who's one of the OGs of the hip-hop scene. Which, for the uninformative view, means original gangster. Which, for the uninformative view, means someone who's been singing hip-hop for bloomin' ages. Isn't that right, Doc? Yeah. This guy was here from the start. There's nothing he don't know about the history of hip-hop. Isn't that right, Doc? Yeah. I was here from the start. Right. You have to remember that hip-hop was born out of the gang culture
1: that existed at the time. Okay, so... There was already a big... Doc, hold
0: on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Hold on. Before we get into that, actually, I thought it would be fun to test your knowledge first. So um, what I thought I'd do is I'd read out some lyrics to some well-known hip-hop songs, and you tell me who sang them, right? Okay. So, Doc Lane, this is number one. I'm ahead of my game. Still puffing my leafs. Still fuck with the beats. Still not loving the police. Who was that? To Dr. Dre, spot on A fellow medical man of course Right, number two I used to be scared of the dick Now I throw lips to the shit Handle it like a real bitch Who was that, any ideas? Ooh dear I think I've stumped him No, okay, that was Lil Kim with Big Mama Thang Right, last one Now, when you pick a pawpaw paw Or a prickly pear And you pick a raw paw, well next time beware don't pick the prickly pear by the paw. When you pick a pear, try and use the claw, son. Did you reckon that was? I don't know. Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, that was a that was a trick one. Uh, uh, sorry about that. That was the bare necessities by the Jungle Book, which last time I checked <laughs> wasn't a hip hop artist, <laughs> unless I'm very much mistaken. Oh God. Anyway, uh, yeah. Cheers, yeah. Magic of podcasts, two seconds of listening time for you, but Tom Cheeks is now 1,800 miles away from New York in the lonester state, Texas. I'm at the Crooks Ranch, one of the biggest cattle ranches in the United States. Sandy, one of the cattle ranchers here, is going to show me round. So, let's saddle up and get going. Oh, we're walking, are we? America is a country with beef coursing for its veins. 76 billion Americans eat beef every day. US beef exports in 2020 totaled £2.96 billion, which decreased over 2% from 2019. So, Sandy, what type of cows are we looking at here? Holsteins. Okay, um, are they the sort of cows that... You know, they produce both meat and milk? Yeah. Right, so they really are your top-of-the-line cows, though. Uh, Uh, Here's a question I've always wanted to ask. What would happen if a cow were to drink cow's milk? I don't know. Makes you think, though. Now, you may recall that in the intro to this show... I say this. I've banned at least one woman in 68% of the countries on the planet. How, you ask? Well, you'll find out how, you ask, if you stood around. And many of you may be saying, you're a con artist, Cheeks. You haven't told us how you got all these women. Well, to those, I say, calm down, I'll get to it. Right now. When it comes to getting lucky with a fairer sex, whoa, stop right there. There's no such thing as luck, you make your own luck in this game, and it all starts by picking up on the vibes. These vibes can be read in her body language, the expressions on her face. And then there are the obvious ones, biting of bottom lip, playing with her hair. This is her telling you, I find you sexually attractive, I want intercourse, and I want it now. I'm definitely getting these vibes from Sandy. So I thought this would be a good opportunity for me to talk you through, step by step, my idiot-proof method of turning good vibes into good vibrations. (laughs) Sex, I mean, having sex. Step one, find a way to subtly drop sexy words into conversation. Without knowing why, she'll soon start to think erotically. Ah, so this is a bull, and what's his name? Buddy. Buddy! Buddy the bull. Very nice. And that's presumably Buddy's penis. And somewhere in that penis is a load of uh, bovine sperm. And it's Buddy's job one day to empty that sperm from his penis into a consenting bitch. Heifer. Huh?
1: A female is called a heifer.
0: A heifer? Oh, right, okay. Empty his penis into a heifer. (laughs) I've had a few nights which ended that way. (laughs) Step two. She'll now be fully charged ready to go. But remember, unlike men, sex to women is rarely enjoyable, but rather a necessary evil in order to bear children. So, you'll want to reassure her that these hypothetical offspring she's cooked up in her brain will be well looked after. Again, the more this comes out of the natural conversation, the more effective it will be. Oh, these must be the baby cows. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, can I take one home with me, please? I mean, it's not like I haven't got the room. I've got three bedrooms. And all the schools in the area have an Osted rating of outstanding. Oh. Step 3. Now it's time to be direct. A majority of the ladies I've slept with haven't spoken English. I've found that sometimes, Just coming out and asking the big question whilst pointing at your groin crosses most language barriers. Sandy, can I ask you a question? Yeah. I'm just going to put this out there. I find you very attractive and I think you feel the same way about me. So how about you and I get out of here and go for a quick... uh... (laughs) Well, I was trying to say before I was rudely interrupted is, what about you and me go back to the bar and I can really show you a... Guys, do you mind just keeping it down for a bit? I am actually trying to talk here, yeah? Right. Where was I? Yeah, I'm just trying to gauge your feeling about the possibility of me and you going back for a little... Can you tell them to shut up? Is it, it actually is quite rude. Look, Sandy, I'll put this as simply as I can. Do you or do you not want to go back and... <laughs> Forget it. Sometimes you just have to cut your losses and move on. As my time at the cattle ranch was drawing to a close, it was becoming obvious that Sandy and I weren't meant to be. I got the distinct impression that Sandy spends so much time with these stupid animals, she identifies as some kind of half-human, half-cow hybrid. And seeing yourself like that would surely cause huge damage to your self-esteem. Well, sorry Sandy, I haven't got time to clean up that particular cow pat. I've got to get back out on the road. As I was leaving the ranch, something terrible happened. In my haste to leave, I'd forgotten that some 96% of American vehicles are automatic. I had meant to put the car in reverse, but something went wrong. The car lurched forward, through the fence, and into a cow, the air filled with an awful moo. To my horror, I saw the cow topple backwards into another, and then another. With their monochrome colouring it was like watching the fall of a line of dreadful dominoes, if dominoes could graze. I got out of my car and saw Sandy running down from the ranch, screaming in anguish and sadness. It was at that moment I realised that, where most people see cows as nothing other than sacks of steak with legs, to Sandy there was so much more. They were her friends. They were her family. After what seemed like an eternity, Sandy said that it was no good. She'd have to take these stricken animals out of their misery. I'll do it, I said softly. It was the least I could do. Sandy, I am so, so sorry about all this. Listen, tell me if I'm out of line here, but I don't suppose you want to go back to the barn and have a quick... Right. In the summer of 1947, stories started to emerge across the western United States about so-called flying discs, or saucers. In July of that year, William Mac Brazel noticed strange debris on his New Mexican ranch. Brazel reported his discovery to the nearby police in nearby Roswell. Since that day, rumours have continued to abound about just what the Jolly Rancher had found. A nuclear testing device? Hot air balloon? Alien hot air balloon? Conspiracy theories have continued to abound about government and military cover-ups. And now I'm here to find out just what happened on that New Mexican ranch all those years ago in 1947. Boris Lambert is a UFO hunter in Nevada who wants us to change his voice and name to protect his anonymity. Therefore, from now on I'll be referring to him as Barry Swanslegs. Barry wanted me to talk to him on the phone before meeting in person. Hi Barry, it's Tom Cheeks. Oh yeah, hi. Hi Barry, thanks for taking my call. Uh, Now you've done a lot of work in Roswell, Area 51. What have you found?
1: Well, I've spoken to people who were there. I've spoken to government officials, Mm -hmm. people in the US Army. And I've heard enough for me to believe that they're hiding something in the Air Force base in Area 51.
0: Okay, and I should say Barry isn't your real name, it's a pseudonym. That's right. And we're also disguising your voice, so why do you feel it necessary to hide your identity?
1: Well, I strongly believe that the government and the FBI have surveillance on me. They don't like what I've been doing in Roswell. I've received multiple death threats, mm. which I think are to be taken seriously. That's why I'm now have to disguise myself as much as I can and work in secret.
0: I see. Well,. Barry, what if I were to tell you that today is the day when you finally get answers? Because today, you and I are going to storm Area 51. What? That's right, we're going to sneak into the military base. It's time to find out the truth, my friend. It's time to find out what they've been hiding all these years. Are you with me?
1: You can't just sneak into the base. It's extremely heavily guarded. There are signs which tell you that they... They can use deadly force.
0: No, oh, Come on. That's just to scare people off. They're not actually going to kill anyone, are they? Come they on. did it in 2019.
1: Someone tried to enter the base and was shot dead.
0: Uh, Barry, I put a poll on my website for my listeners to vote on whether or not I should try and enter Area 51. 100% of people said yes. Do you really think they'd vote for that if there's even the slightest chance I'd be shot and killed? It's
1: not happening. It's far too dangerous.
0: Please? No. It's well, a bit of a letdown, come honest. Sorry. So, right. you know, what? What actually is the point of you then? Because you call yourself a UFO hunter, whatever that is. Here's a chance to actually do something with your life, and guess what? You're too scared.
1: It's a heavily guarded military
0: base. It's a heavily guarded military base. Grow a pair, would you, mate? Grow a pair of balls. I've grown a pair of balls of you. No, you haven't, Barry. Or should I say Boris? Hey, please don't do that. Boris. Boris Lambert, who lives in 48 Park Road, Ash Springs, Nevada. Don't, don't give
1: out my personal details. You got no fucking right to do that.
0: Hey, hold on, uh, Boris. Do you mind? Sorry, I didn't get that last bit you said. Do you mind just uh, saying that again, please? I said, don't give out my personal details. That's not cool, man. I've had death threats. Oh. Guess what? What? Everyone just heard your normal voice. I turned your modulation uh, thing off. Harry? Boris? Boris Lambert's cowardice has caused me two problems. Not only had he refused to try and get me into Area 51, denying a potentially great podcast moment, but also, because I travelled up to Nevada hoping to meet him, I was now left with hardly any time to try and track down the Miller sisters before my flight home from New Orleans. The drive from Nevada to New Orleans is about 33 hours, and my plane takes off in 31, so I'm going to have to floor it and not take any breaks. To make it in time. But uh, this drive does give me a little bit of time to tell you guys some more about the Miller sisters. So yeah, I've told you that, that they are sisters. What I haven't mentioned so far is that they're twin sisters. <laughs> oh yes, my friends. Oh yes. But they're yeah, they were just two really fun-loving girls I met at an amazing bar called Captain Eddie's on the banks of the Mississippi River in New Orleans. Well, I've done some internet sleuthing, and I've managed to find Mary Lou's phone number on her LinkedIn page, so I'm going to give her a call. Come on, pick up. this mary lou miller yeah who's this this is tom cheeks i don't know if you remember we met about oh well over 10 years ago now at captain eddie's bar uh you were there with your sister penny and we all went up to my room at the four seasons for a drink and the rest oh yeah i remember you <laughs> <Mary Lou? laughs> Well, anyway, I'm going to be in New Orleans tomorrow. I just wondered if you were around for a a drink and a catch-up.
1: Yeah, okay, sure.
0: Oh, really? Oh, amazing. Well, how about Captain Eddie's at 7 o'clock? Okay. And will your sister be joining us? Sure. Oh, fantastic. Well, I can't wait, then. So I'll see you at 7 o'clock, Captain Eddie's. (laughs) Mary Lou? Well, I made it. I'm at Captain Eddie's bar with an hour to spare before I have to check in for my flight. I've got me a picture of New Orleans' most popular cocktail, the Hurricane, and three glasses. Now, where are those twins? (laughs) Cheers. It's just dawn seven, um... But who cares about time in New Orleans? It's so laid back and relaxed here. I might order myself another hurricane. (laughs) Cheers. Well, it's now 7.30 and there's still no sign of Penny or Mary Lou. I guess this is called fashionably late. (laughs) Which is fine. But yeah, I do have to get a move on to catch my plane. Hi, Mary Lou. I'm at Captain Eddie's. Where are you? It's Tom. Tom Cheeks. (laughs) That's so funny. Mary Lou. Anyway, what's what's going on then? Are you coming or not? You are. Okay, fine. Well, how long are you going to be? Fifteen minutes. on. it's really cutting a bit fine, but. Okay, well, yeah. All right, see you in a bit. Well, I've missed my plane now. And they're still not here. They're not coming, are they?